Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to this KGNW broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Well, this is Heart of the City. I'm Chuck Olmstead, Director of Local Ministry Development at KGNW, and I always enjoy uh, spending this time together with you each week. And uh, we get to hear lots of interesting stories about the faithfulness of God and how the Lord has worked in people's lives to transform them and to give them a purpose and meaning in their life. And uh, I've got a new uh, friend that I've just met recently, and I'm going to get to know his story as you're getting to know it today. His name is Trevor Horn. He's the lead pastor at Rise Church here in Seattle. It's a new church, a pioneer work uh, here in the Green Lake area. Welcome today, Trevor. Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. Well, you um, have just uh, recently moved into the neighborhood. How long have you been in the Green Lake area? Yeah, we moved in early August. So we've been a couple months now. We've been living in the Green Lake area. So, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. What, uh, why did you choose the Green Lake area as far as uh, starting a new congregation? Yeah, well, I guess there's two pieces to it. Um, one originally, well, I guess we'll start with how we kind of got to Seattle. Maybe that'll be the first step. Yeah. But we, two years ago, my wife and I are both from Tacoma originally, and we, we've been married. We've had, we just hit our two-year anniversary, so we're, we're pretty excited about that. But two years ago, we just gotten married, and we had a kind of a discipleship house. So we had one side where we, were, we had six guys who were kind of mentoring and investing into, and we were living on the other side. And we had a prayer room in the house, and we were just praying. And kind of that, you know, early marriage, you're asking the Lord to give you a vision together. What does it look like for us to do ministry together for the rest of our lives? You know, what does it look like for us to go in the same direction? And um, so we're praying and seeking the Lord, and one time we're in our prayer room and we had this uh, this big world map on the wall right in front of us. And this world map, uh, the Lord, as we were praying, He um, started to give me a kind of an open vision on the map. A vision on the map, and um, can't say it's something that happens to me every day, but it was something that was taking place. And I saw over the cities of Seattle, Portland, and Spokane, kind of a burning over those cities. And mm. I felt like the Lord was saying that um, I want to do something in the urban cores of the Northwest to. Um, unleash something throughout the Northwest, but then also in the uh, in the nations as well. And so, at that point, we were like, "Well, we know the urban." At that point, we were pro. I mean, there's processing. You know, there's like, "Okay, Lord, what does this mean for us?" We we kind of we knew church planting was going to be a part of our future. Uh, both of our backgrounds had been in more entrepreneurial. Um, new startups and those kind of things. We knew that was the direction we were going to go, but where was kind of the question. And at that point, we knew it was going to be one of those three cities. And so we started to 
asked the Lord which one of these. Uh, my my wife, uh, she said, I'll never go to Spokane. So we just crossed that one off right away. You know what? All our Spokane listeners, we love you. But um, And so at that point, we said Seattle or Portland, and we were uh, driving around both cities. So we went to both cities and driving around. And there just came a point we were in North Seattle, kind of in the Green Lake and that area. And um, there's a point we, we pulled our car over and we just said, you know, this is home. That was kind of the feeling we had. I was like, this feels like home for us. And so we, let me ask you a tough yeah. question. Uh, and I don't usually do this right off the bat, but okay. So you're driving around Green Lake area and you feel like the Lord's impressing on you. Yeah. But you're driving past a bunch of other churches, right? Hmm. I mean, the, you know, there are other churches there. Yeah. So <clears throat> why do you think the Lord and, and uh, I know you can't speak for God, but why do mm-hmm. you think the Lord has uh, people plant a church in mm. areas where there's already existing churches? I'm sure listeners will, yeah. would ask that all the time. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Well, I guess there's a couple a couple pieces of this. Um, one, I would say that new church works have been shown to be the um, one of the best ways for evangelism and reaching new people. And so... Uh, statistically, generally, you a church that's over 10 years old, um, almost 80% of their growth will come through transfer growth. It will be people who will come from other churches. Now, there's not a bad thing. I mean, churches die, churches start. Like, There's a healthy part of that where you know maybe there was unhealthy situations, a church wasn't a good fit, so they go to a new place. But generally, new church plants will attract 80 to 90% of their people, new people who previously in the last six months weren't already in church. So you're just seeing that... Um, even for established church, that established churches, church planting is becoming a one of the most viable ways to reach new people. Um, so I think that's a significant piece of it, generally across the board. That's more for urban centers especially. Uh, also, I would say that depending on the area you're in, um, there's kind of this term like gospel saturation where like we're um, saturating with new churches. And if we generally... I think it's urban centers. You want a a church for God, some space on this number. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, a church for every thousand people at least. That's mm-hmm. like you're doing okay. Like we're doing all right. And so um, when you go to areas, you know, we're in areas where there's tens of thousands of people in urban cores, especially in urban centers where everyone's so condensed um, and you have so few churches. And we're talking about. I mean. That number is for, you know, we're hopefully having healthy churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with the amount of churches that are dying as well, um, that we need that for the areas that we're in, I guess, if that makes sense. So in those areas, especially in the city of Seattle. So um, that when would be... You, and we use a term, and and we're used to hearing it, but there are, I'm sure that there are listeners who are listening today and have no idea what it means to, quote, plant a church. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, so... Generally, for us, what it well, what it means, I guess some people can define it differently, but um, for us, we're talking about um, church planting with the goal of uh, reaching, establishing a new work, and really, church planting all starts with fundamentally making disciples. So the goal is that we're going to reach people with the gospel and raise them up into spiritual maturity. And as we multiply that work um, in the lives of people than we throughout the new testament especially as they did that they committed themselves to making disciples like jesus said uh, they saw churches established churches grew out of that and so um, for us i mean simply if the simplest way i can say this is our goal is we're going to make disciples um, by reaching people with the gospel and raising them up and then from that we're seeing a corporate body arise out of that you know and so there's a lot more pieces to that obviously but 
Um, that would what I'd say the simplest way, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, let's go back a little ways because uh, I want to uh, end the program by talking a little bit more about what's happening now with yeah. your church and your congregation. But uh, I always like to hear the backstory of mm-hmm. how people, first of all, came to the point in their lives. You and your wife, and your wife's name is Hillary. Hillary. Yeah. How how you came to the point where you wanted to do this, but but you. It's not like you're you're uh, you know going through uh, the, the the want ads for a job application, and and you know you suddenly decide oh I think I'd like to to plant a church, right? Yeah. I mean there has to be something oh, internal man. to make yeah, you yeah. want to do this. So yeah. let's go back and talk about uh, your your life and and how it led up to this. So you grew up into the Tacoma area. Your family's yep. still there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And um, so public schools, private schools? What was uh, we did public school through eighth grade, and then we went to a private school, Christian private school, in ninth through twelfth for high school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what was life like for you, your family yeah. life like? Uh, Christ- Christian parents? Uh, no. my So, interesting background. I guess my, my mom uh, grew up in a family of nine kids, right? Mm-hmm. Eight sisters and one brother, you know? And uh, they were Catholic, very Catholic. Every Sunday we went to church, we went to service, everything else. And, um, my, my dad, his, his father passed away when he was actually a young kid. And so he, my grandma was from Japan. And so we were, he, she had, she was Buddhist. And so, uh, when my parents meet, my dad has no faith background that doesn't even know who Jesus is. Uh, my mom, all she knows is we've went to church every Sunday in my life till 18 and now I don't have to go anymore. Um, and so at that point, when they first met, they didn't, there was no really faith. There was some, my mom had a little bit of a background, but there wasn't really much there. Um, for growing up for us, uh, I would say we didn't necessarily grow up in a Christian home just because we, we never really talked about faith. Um, we had a Bible in the house. I mean, I don't know if that can I mean, we checked that <laughs> box off, I guess. Right. right and right. Uh, we went on, we went on Easter and Christmas, you know, we went to Catholic church on Easter and Christmas. Um, and that was kind of our, that was all we did, you know, and my dad, even getting my dad there was really difficult, you know, and, um, but that's what we did. And we pretty much did that all the way through, um, pretty late into high school, um, was kind of our, for growing up at least. And then late into high school, they sent me to a Christian high school just because they didn't like the public school in our area. Okay. <laughs> that was, so, they didn't, they like, they didn't like the education and uh-huh. they said, well, you know, we, we think this would probably be good for, you know, and they just thought it would be good for us, yeah. you know, I guess. And so that was kind of, they wanted a better environment was kind of their only goal. And so uh, in that time, they started to, we, my dad actually coached football and I played football there as well at Cassidy Christian High School in, in Puyallup. And so by the end of my senior year, I mean, faith stuff comes up. I mean, like on the football team, especially we had chapels and everything else. And so uh, my dad actually found the Lord pretty late in our high school time. Um, you know, praise God, but he found the Lord really late in our time in high school, just through chapels and other things. And so, so at that point for me, I had started to, um, uh, experience and kind of know Jesus and understand and those kind of things. But for me, it was a process. Cause I, again, it was extremely foreign to me, like this mm-hmm. whole religion or faith or relationship with Jesus, you know? Um, so yeah, that was kind of our journey to that point. But, yeah. 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 So was there a, a specific point in your life where you said, yeah. I, I, I mm-hmm. need to go all in for this? Yeah, well, so for me, so to continue our story, so this is like senior year of high school, uh, really late, my dad finds faith, um, and then right when I had graduated high school, about middle of the summer, I'm getting excited for college, I, stayed in, I went to UPS in Tacoma, 
Uh, I was going to play football in college and all that kind of stuff and getting excited. Um, but my story really begins in the middle of the summer. Um, my dad started to get sick and he, uh, he got sick and he ended up, so I remember it was about two weeks, you know, just normal sickness, but two weeks in one morning he like passed out, you know, and so we rushed him to the hospital and we're in the hospital, you know, we're in the waiting room, just trying to figure out, you know, like what's going on, you know, and cause he had been a pretty healthy guy most of his life, no major health concerns or anything. And, uh, doctor comes in and, uh, tells us he got pneumonia, um, pneumonia and, so he got pneumonia, and they uh, brought him into the uh, I don't know, intensive care. They brought mm-hmm. him to the intensive care, and uh, so we're there. And you know, he's in he's unconscious for about a week. You know, and unconscious like they had said, like we've never seen they they said we bar- they don't usually say never, but we've barely almost ever seen something like this. Like how fast in a healthy individual pneumonia and those kind of things, and yeah. it had become septic, so it spread to his vital organs mm-hmm. and those kind of things, and so. You know, they're like, we're going to do the best we can, you know, and so we're, we're praying and other things. And a lot of people from our community, the school, I, school I went to football players, other guys were coming around and praying for us. And, um, remember the last night we were in the hospital, my, my dad had to do a CT scan. So they do kind of scan of his brain and then to see if he had any brain activity. And the doctor said, you know, in the, come back the next morning. And I'll, by then we'll know if he has brain activity, he'll make it. If he doesn't, he's not, he's not going to make it. Um, so I remember that night, you know, going home, just praying, you know, Lord move, you know, I'm still new to this faith thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm praying, you know, I'm like, I'm going to pray. I know that's what we do in these situations. Right. right you know, right. I've heard Jesus heals some sorts or something like that. So, you know, we're going to pray. And, um, and then I remember that it was the, uh, we came back in the morning and I, it, just the image is kind of in my head. We were in this like what little sterile waiting room, you know, and, uh, my mom was in the left corner. My brother was in front of me. And then I was in the other corner, just the three of us. And, um, I remember my mom, my mom's phone begins to ring and she, um, picks up her phone. And I remember, uh, pretty vividly, uh, 30 seconds into the conversation. Um, she begins to break down and cry. Mm. And, uh, at that point, I uh, I knew my my dad wasn't going to make it. I mean, I knew what the doctor had told my mom, and so she would tell us, that, "Look, he's not going. Your dad, our dad's going to pass away." Um, and so for me, there was this moment um, in that moment where you know there's a tension of like everything's. I'm still new. I don't know much about faith, but everything's kind of telling you like culture, like go away from God, you know, run away from God, and. Yet there's something in me that I was just saying, I, I can't do that. You know, like this is the, I, more than ever, I need Jesus. I need mm. faith. And, um, and so I remember my mom in that moment, she, and she was still trying to figure out faith as well, which is funny. So you got three of us in the room, you know, and, um, but my mom said one of the, one of the most, uh, uh, I don't know what the word would be, but she's one of kind of one of my heroes in the faith now. Cause she said one of the most astounding things I think I've heard someone say, and she goes, uh, you know, we need to pray. <laughs> mm-hmm. And none of us knew like, okay, what does this mean? But we just said, we're just going to pray. And it was probably, I, maybe not one of the better prayers I've ever said, but you know what? It was one of those things that I know was close to God's heart as we were praying. And so we, um, so at that moment, uh, at that moment, I would say I, I've, I, I would say before, and maybe I gave my life to Christ, but that moment I knew like, there's no going back. My life is Christ. Like, I'm going to figure this thing out. You know, I'm going to f- seek Jesus with everything I have. Um, 
and for me, I'm kind of like a all in guy, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like I'm all in or I'm not in. And once I commit to something, and so at that point I was like, Jesus, I'm in, like, I'm going to figure this out. We're going to, mm-hmm. you know, and so, um, we're going to weather this storm, whatever it is. And so that's kind of where my story begins really with Jesus. Um, yeah. So obviously the next question is your father, did he pass on? Yeah. Oh yes, he did. He did pass away. Yeah, he uh-huh. passed away a couple hours later that day. A couple hours later. Yeah. Wow. So he passed away that day. Um, yeah. And he was 50, 50 years old. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, so uh, your mom, your brother and you, and so you're, you're all starting this life of faith under a, a major crisis. I mean, you know, yeah. as far as, as losing your father. Yeah. So what happened next? Yeah. So we, so at that point I, I knew, <laughs> all I knew was we need to go to church somewhere. I didn't know, really know what that meant. You know, I was like, we just, I was like, I need to find a church. And I was honest with my mom. I go, you know, we got through the funeral, everything else. And I go, mom, I, I don't think this Catholic church, nothing wrong with it, but I just doesn't, I don't know why, but it doesn't seem like a good fit for me. Um, do you mind if we go check out some other churches? And uh, she was very receptive, and she said, yeah, let's go try some churches or something. You know, we didn't know, and I was—church was scary for me. I mean, honestly, like, I was—I didn't know what I was going to get out of church. I had been—I mean, in my private school, I'd been around some Christian kids and stuff, but sometimes that kind of <laughs> bothered me sometimes more. And so I, I was like, we're going to find a church. And uh, so we started visiting, and we went to a— um, uh, we visited a couple churches, um, but we went to one. It was called it's called Life Center Church in Tacoma, and uh, one of the bigger churches in Tacoma. Sure. And uh, Dean Curry's the pastor. Pastor Dean, yeah, Curry. Pastor Dean yeah. Curry, he's a good friend. And so we, uh, so we started to just go there, you know. And it was um, we had the funny thing is I'd never seen someone like play guitar like in worship. I was like I didn't know you could have a band, you know. I was like, <laughs> is that a thing? You know, <laughs> like people could play and people are raising their hands, and I'm Whoa. like, what is going on around me? You know, yeah. are these people okay? Yeah. Uh, and uh, but I saw an earnestness that people wanted to seek. There's a freedom there of worship that the people were experiencing, and um, there's a freedom there, and there was uh, just an earnestness to seek God. And so we, at that point, we. Uh, it took us a while. I mean, it, it, we worked into it. You know, we started going once a month and then mm-hmm. we said, I started college in Tacoma and I said, Oh, let's go twice a month, you know, and, uh, till every way we started getting it going every week pretty much. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I'm interviewing Trevor Horn. He's the lead pastor at Rise Church in Seattle. And the thing that in, just encourages me, Trevor, is when you were in those crisis moments, when you were praying with your mom and your brother, you know, it's God looks at your heart. He, he, you know, even if you don't know what to say, even yeah. if you are fumbling around with crazy prayers and <laughs> silly words, you know, he knows the condition of your heart. He knows yeah. exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. And all he's looking for is a heart that's yielding to him, yeah. isn't it? And when he finds people who have hearts mm-hmm. yielded towards him, he'll speak to them. You yeah. know, it, yeah. it, it may not be in correct theological terms or whatever, but he'll meet that yeah. need when the heart is open. Mm. And uh, he did that for you. Yep. Yeah. No, he did that. And it was it was pretty incredible. And I um, and then actually one more add to this, bit, which kind of so I started going to this church and then we with well, the first day I stepped on campus at UPS for football. It was our football uh, two days, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, I had a guy come up to me. He appro- it was one of the coaches, and he approaches me day one, and he goes, 
Uh, and I had been praying. I said, Lord, I've been praying for somebody to show me what I'm supposed to be doing here. You know, because I went to a bigger church. It was really hard. It was a little hard for me to get connected just because right. I was a little intimidated, you know. And I needed someone just to kind of reach out to me and just say, hey, I'm pulling you under my wing, you know. And, and so I had a football coach, and he, uh, it was our quarterback's coach. And I wouldn't play quarterback, but he finds me the first day, and he goes, I saw you into Cassie Christian High School. And I think he assumed I was a Christian. I mean, I, I mean, I was at that time, but it was I was pretty young. And he goes, uh, "You're coming to FCA with me." And it was called. He ran the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh-huh. and uh, he says, "You're coming with me." And I was, and so I just started like going to events with him. Like literally that week, I went to a couple of Bible studies at some high schools and that kind of stuff with him. And it was definitely an answer to prayer. But it was hilarious just because the Lord uh, knew exactly what I needed, and He started to disciple and invest into me. And yeah. so, who was but, what was his name? Uh, his name was Spencer Christ. Um, and Spencer. so. Yeah, same as Spencer. So, and then he in- introduced me actually to a board member whose name was Kurt, and both of them kind of tag team discipling me, investing into me, and so yeah, yeah. So we've got about four minutes left. So as you began to develop and mature in the mm-hmm. Lord, when did you start to sense that the Lord was calling you into into becoming a pastor? Yeah, it it was crazy because it was nothing I ever, I mean, with my background, it was nothing, nothing growing up. Like I was never like, I want to be a pastor, you know, right. it wasn't in, um, but I, it was right around my, my sophomore year. I'll make this quick. We, uh, my junior year, sorry, junior year of college, I, I actually was on, brought on staff with FCA at my freshman year, actually. So pretty quickly, Spencer, this guy I was telling you, but actually moved back to Oregon and they didn't have anyone else to hire. So they're like, we should just hire this guy. He's hungry. He's excited. He's, you know, and we were leading some people to Jesus. So it was kind of crazy what all was happening. And so I started working for FCA and I'm like, oh, I enjoy this. Like, this is fun. You know, I enjoy the job. Um, my junior year, I remember I got benched in football, right? I got benched. Uh, I would have thought it was the end of my life at that time. But right. I got benched and I, my whole life I'd kind of wanted to do, I want to be a football coach actually was my goal in life was like, I, I want to be a coach. Uh, I had actually started working on getting GA positions, which is kind of a, the internship starting phase. Once you graduate, you got to start pretty early with those things. And, uh, so my pretty quickly, I started to process. And when I got benched, I was like, why do I want to do this? You know, I want to do something with my life. And I want to, these guys have been investing into me. There's been something powerful here. And, uh, so frankly, I woke up one day and I said, think I want to go into ministry. <laughs> like it just kind of hit me. I don't know what it was. It's kind of epiphany moment. I was like, I think the Lord's calling me into ministry, you know? And it was, and it was when I told my mom, my family, I mean, they were like, you want to be, become a pastor. <laughs> like, what uh, does that mean? I'm like, I don't know what it means, you know? But, uh, but it was, that was where there was just kind of flipping moment where for yeah. me, where it was, I saw what people had done in my life. And then, so. Yeah. So then did you do some more formal kind of uh, uh, training or did you then just start investigating the opportunity or what happened? Oh, yeah. So we, well, I worked for FCA for about five years um, as the area director over Pierce County. So I worked for them for five years doing kind of high school, college, all levels, mainly and, a lot of college ministry. And FCA is Fellowship of Christian yep, Athletes. Yeah, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh-huh. It's kind of international organization. And so I worked with athletes, did that for five years, and then Right after the after my five year mark, my wife and I met. We got married pretty quick, and we um, both had sensed. I had right at the end of my time with FCA, I had sensed church planting, pioneering. There's a whole other story, but my dad was actually an entrepreneur, and my whole background was start pioneering entrepreneurial works in business, more so type stuff. And so, 
and then FCO was like that as well. And so we just we knew church planting. There's this guy, um, this crazy guy named uh, Jan Heading is his name, and he's uh, a big time church planter guy and kind of. Uh, uh, shoreline area and he's right. retired now but him and i have shared an office and just good friends and he uh he invested in me talking about church planting kind of got me that bug with uh, planting new churches and so um so at that point we kind of entered into a church planting residency and uh so yeah so that's kind of where we've been a church planting residency for about two years and i'm also i'm finishing up my um my master's of uh theology from or master's of biblical some fancy title m-a-b-t-s from western seminary you got so, it yeah so now you're at uh, Rise Church in Seattle, if uh, and uh, we've got about a minute left. And if so, if somebody wants to uh, uh, meet you and get to know mm-hmm. you and become a part of your fellowship, or at least check check out what's going on with Rise Church up in Greenwood, uh, Green Lake area, where uh, where do they go? Yeah, I would say at this point they go to the website and there's uh-huh. a contact page and fill out to contacts and reach out. Um, for us, we're in the kind of we're in that we're just starting on the house church phase. We're looking to start services in the fall of 2017, so next fall. Mm-hmm. So right now we're building that core team. We're actually starting a four week class. It's on the website uh, in a week and a half on November Thursday, November 10th. Uh, we'll do a four week class on discipleship. How do we live our lives on mission? Equipping people to live on mission, essentially normal people where God's placed them. Uh, so we're doing a four-week kind of that with some different people from different churches, and then at the we'll start to meet in our house regularly as well. And so that's kind of we're right on the front end of and looking for uh, uh, team members who want to join us. In yeah. That, so, yeah. Well, Trevor, thanks for joining me today. If you want to know more, go to uh, risechurchseattle.com. Heart of the City. For more information about how your pastor or ministry can be featured on KGNW, Call Chuck Olmsted at 206-269-6216 or go to KGNW.com.